the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Stu, triple eight seven two seven back. I'm the uh, you know Bob. Lovely, here. Uh, fascinating, and always interesting. Ugh, him, that. <laughs> people are. Have you noticed the uh, trend on the internet now, Jeffy? Uh, a lot of people now um, making uh, little gifts of your facial expressions uh, and gestures, which are incredibly disturbing. <laughs> Taken in isolation. <laughs> I uh, I get very creeped out by them. Don't allow small children to see that. No, no. Why? <laughs> Multiple reasons. I don't know. Whatever you do uh, with your eyebrows is weird, <laughs> and it needs to stop. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just creepy. Uh, but you knew that. Uh, so, <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. Uh, is in some hot water. Uh, I guess I, he met with a Kremlin-connected lawyer. Um, apparently, the Kremlin-connected lawyer promised him. Uh, dirt on Hillary Clinton, and he took that bait and went to meet with her. He just didn't see fit to tell anybody about it. In fact, he denied ever having met with anybody. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. the recently. entire campaign denied uh, yeah. that anybody uh, related to them had ever met with anyone from Russia. In fact, they didn't Russia, know Russia we, was we a didn't country. even know that was a country, no. yeah. Is no, that, was that a Russia? Where, I've never been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how long would it take? Six months? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. Uh, that's been basically their stance. And look, I, part of that is, you know, I think what... The general tone of everything is they didn't do anything to help Russia screw with our election. Uh, Why they can't tell the truth and just say, look, yeah, we had some meetings. Here's the I mean, Flynn lied about it. Manafort lied about it. Uh, Who else? Um, uh, Now, Donald Trump Jr. We know those for sure Mm because they've all admitted it now that they had those meetings. Um, uh, There's another one too, another high ranking official that I'm missing. Oh, Kushner. Kushner has also uh, mm. said that he, yes, he agreed. Now, that doesn't mean that anything bad happened. No. It looks really bad for Donald Trump Jr. here, though, because he specifically said he didn't meet with anyone. Then, when he got called out and said, didn't you meet with this lawyer, this Russian lawyer, who, by the way, is very closely connected to the Kremlin. In fact, one of the public uh, uh, international advocates for uh, policies. The Kremlin tells her what to do. She goes and advocates for policies. Like, that's kind of her gig. So, he... You know, hey, did you meet with this lawyer? Oh, uh, no. First of all, it was no. Then it was, uh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, yeah, but it was, it was basically about adoption. I mean, you know, what, what's mm-hmm. the harm in that? And then they released the story of, uh, well, didn't you go there initially to get dirt on Hillary Clinton? Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but, yeah. But, uh, I mean, and then it turned into adoption. It's like, can't we just... Ju- 
there is such an allergy to accurate information out of this mm-hmm. White House. They're, they are. Like, they lie. They lie about everything. Just start with the truth. Yeah, they lie. Start, how about number one? Did you ever meet with this lawyer? Uh, yeah, she. I, I thought I was going to get some good stuff about the election, and it wound up being uh, basically nothing. It was just she wanted to talk about adoption. Why is that such a why, difficult why thing? Why would that be? I don't it, understand. If you started there, there wouldn't be the buildup. Uh-huh. Instead, it's just this constant churn. And, you know, like the people on the left who say there is collusion, the people on the left who say there is something going on here, um, as they're finding out now, the day Donald Trump Jr. met with this Russian lawyer was the first time that Donald Trump ever tweeted about the 33,000 emails. The first time. That day. Wow. Now, I don't know. Is the left making that up? I don't know. I haven't gone back and uh, myself and seen the Twitter feed, but this is where they're going. And it's like, well, let's just take mm-hmm. it for a second, maybe, you know, because I certainly would have passed, put it past them to just be lying about it. However, uh, take it for just a second and let's just say this is true. There's this constant drip of information, and it's largely because they are so, I don't know, protective of, I don't, I don't know what they're doing it for. But uh, either they really did do something wrong here and they're trying to protect themselves or they're just awful at this because they constantly they're dragging this story out six times as long as it should have been. If you just tell the truth, then there's nothing else to discover. Mm-hmm. But they, ca- they can't physically bring themselves to tell the truth. once. It does seem that way. It, it really does seem like they just refused. And, and I don't you know, so. When all of this stuff comes out, even if they're not hiding anything, it looks like they are. It looks like they're trying to cover up this meeting that they had with the Russians. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. I, it's, 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 it's like as if uh, they have an allergy to peanut butter. And, you know, we're just like, oh, just have one teaspoon of peanut butter. Tell the truth once. Have one teaspoon. Well, they can't. They'll die. So they can't tell the truth once. It feels that way. It's incredible. Did you see the? Do we have the Kellyanne Conway thing, by the way? I, we didn't play it on the other show, and I don't know that I want to play the thing for. It, but she basically, they had her on. Uh, Chris Cuomo had her on this morning, and or no, it was uh, George Stephanopoulos. Again, George Stephanopoulos, we know, was not a friend of Republicans, but plays the clip of Kellyanne Conway saying no one from the administration had ever met with the Russians. I just talked to the president last night about this. There was never any contact, period. Like, it was that strong a denial. Now we have four officials. So now what's she saying? Four of them. Oh, well, I think uh, my understanding is those, those were not disclosed at that time. And, you know, this meeting was not a big deal. And, you know, sometimes these things happen. It's like you can't trust any word that comes out of this administration from at least half of the people in there. You know, and, and here's what bugs me about that. The um, New York Times is making a huge deal out of it. They're, they're putting together supposedly this comprehensive list of all of the Trump lies and what a pathological liar he is. And uh, somebody brought up to them, well, you didn't do that with Obama. Yeah. Well, we're not convinced. We, when did he ever lie? That's Are you problem. freaking kidding me? That's the problem. The you know, pro- and so, so the New York Times is doing this comprehensive list of all the Trump lies, and there are many. And I fully and freely, completely admit that, and we've said it the whole time. From the time he, he announced, he's, he's done nothing but lie, really. But so did Barack Obama. I mean, he lied about everything, 
just like this guy is doing, and they act like, well, I don't know. I never heard him tell a falsehood ever. I know. Are I, you kidding me? And this is why, you know, you One can't take him seriously. Another. You can't take him seriously. You can't. I mean, for, there's a Washington Post story, and again, I don't, I'm not sure if, uh, if it's in here, but it, the, uh, the Washington Post story in which they say they tried to blame the, the crazy Bernie Sanders guy who shot the Republican congressman. Oh, my gosh. They on a right-wing talk show host? On a right-wing talk yeah. show host that Jeez. lives in the town. That the they Washington have no, Post actually did that. That they have no evidence that the shooter mm-hmm. ever actually listened to the show. So their, their case essentially is this left-wing nutjob shot a bunch of Republicans. Um, hey, maybe it was caused by a person who likes Trump that lives near the guy that we have no evidence that he ever listened to them. Like, that's insanity. Doesn't Why would you write that story? It makes it no, makes sense, no at sense at all. And in the story, they don't seem to really point out that, by the way, this is a Sanders guy who shot up Republicans. It's more like the shooter in Washington was, uh, lives in a town nearby this talk show host. Like, well, this is why nobody believes anything that comes out of these organizations. And this is what's hard being uh, a group of people uh, that do uh, shows every day and are trying to basically say, yes, they lie a lot. Yes, they're biased a lot. However, there's also a lot of things they say that actually are true. And it's up to us to go through them and try to make, uh, you know, those decisions and determinations on, as to what is of value. And, and a lot of times people, we get beat up from both sides. Sometimes it's, oh, how can you, you're just, you're killing uh, all these organizations. You're killing the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN. And what's wrong with you guys? Come on. And then on the other side, well, you can't believe anything that comes out of the Washington Post and the New York Times. It's like we got that about the Donald Trump Jr. story. You guys can't believe it. it's fake news. He admitted it. He is the source. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump Jr. said he was in the meeting. He is the one who said he confirmed their reporting. That's not fake news. I mean, unless he's lying, but he is confirming their story. I, I mean, you can't get more locked down than that other than being in the room. Yeah. And still, well, it came from the New York Times or Washington Post. It's fake news. Well, it's, I, it's, some of it is. I mean, it's hard not to argue on the freaking Ugh. talk show host story. I can't argue with you. But you've got to make determinations and look at these things on a case-by-case basis, just like every Trump policy, just like every Democrat policy. Every single thing that comes out should be determined. You should look at them in, in the context of how they are, are done and try to make a determination as to whether they're good or bad then, not just prejudging them. It's so hard to get that across. Um, you know, and luckily we have people here that come to the blaze, I think, for that. But, uh, you know, the, the American people as a whole, it's like I, there's not even a thought. The Roger Stone thing I mentioned on, uh, on uh, the radio show today, uh, Get Me Roger Stone. You see this, Jeffy? It's, a, it's an entertainment project, as so I assume you did. Oh, it has news value, <laughs> so you probably avoided it. Um, but it's, uh, it's on Netflix uh, currently. It's like their big, uh, one of their big, it's an original from Netflix. And basically, Roger Stone, this, you know, first of all, he worked with Nixon. He's a big Nixon. He's got a Nixon tattoo on his back, which they keep showing over and over again. But he was a big Nixon guy, the dirty trickster. Uh, has, but he's worked with Trump since the late 80s. He was the first guy to tell Trump to run for president, like in like 87 or 88. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, he's been in this world for a long time. And, and his philosophy is basically do anything outside of breaking the law to win. That is, I mean, that's what he is saying he does. Now, many people will say maybe the law has been broken before. There are some who have argued that. Um, they, they were even saying that he may have been the source uh, initially of the Dan Rather forged documents. 
Mm. Remember this from back mm-hmm. in the Bush thing? So mm-hmm. remember, a left-wing person brought it to Rather, but they believe a stone may have brought it to the left-wing person uh, as a way of intentionally getting him to report misinformation that they knew they could prove was false. This is the sort of stuff that you've, you know, that this guy's at least known for, whether he doesn't admit that one, though. Um, but you kind of watch this, and what he says is the people who are unsophisticated in America don't make any differentiation between politics and entertainment. To them, you know, it's The Bachelor or Trump versus Clinton. It's all the same to them. It's a team. You have someone you root for, American Idol. Is it Kelly Clarkson or Clay Aiken? Yeah, right? Wasn't it Clay Aiken in that one? No, mm. just Justin Guarini. How the hell did I pull that name out? Justin Guarini, and, uh, 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 that was who, he, Clay Aiken was another season. Clay Aiken was the Ruben Studdard year, and he won. Point being, though, you have, how am I getting on? I watched that show. And went apparently. on to huge stardom. Ruben Studdard, how many Ruben Studdard albums do you have now 14. in your collection? 14. All 14. 14 of them? That's good. Oh, no, he's got 18. Oh, he does have yeah, 18? Yeah, I just, I'm waiting for, a, I, oh. I, I just signed wow. up for the Columbia Music House, and they're going to send them the last four. <laughs> Uh, if I order buy me. twelve <laughs> for Ruben Stuttered albums for a penny, get the thirteenth for eighty four ninety nine. Yeah, he actually bought Columbia Music uh, House or whatever. That's it was. great. Uh, point being, though, like you, you look and you you're like, I want Kelly Clarkson. I mm-hmm. want Justin Guarini. That's my my guy on yep. The Bachelor. Is it the crazy blonde or is the other the pretty brunette? Which one do you want? Uh, I've got my team. Is it Hillary Clinton or is it Donald Trump? Which one's mine? And, it, and these other things mean nothing. You just immediately launch into uh, defense of your guy or attacking the other side. And, you know, you just hope for more. And this is America. This is the United States of America. I mean, again, this is we've got the Constitution of the United States, the founding fathers, mm-hmm. these amazing people who did all of this work to give us this society that has achieved more than any other on Earth. And we don't even think about these things anymore. We have people who are advisors to the president who are largely telling us in advance that, you know, yeah. They we, lie about everything. They lie about everything, and we know Do whatever people don't even pay attention. They just have their team. Yeah. But oh. on the other hand, um, Donald Trump picked up a Marine's hat and gave it back to him. What? Yeah. So He did what now? Well, he picked up a hat off the ground when it blew That's off the Marine's pretty- head. That's here it is. I mean, this proves how presidential what? he is. Watch this. Here's what happened. So it's windy, right? He's headed for Marine One. Oh, Marine's hat blew off, and the no. president Still is just going to, what's he going to stomp on it? No, he didn't. He picked it up, and he puts it back on the head of the Marine. And, oh, oh, and then it blows off immediately once again. He goes back and gets it. Goes back and gets it a second time. Uh, then he doesn't salute. Okay, good. I noticed that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was a big because that, that was a, a huge point. deal when Obama sure didn't was. do it, right? It, but nobody mentioned. By it the way, sure he didn't was. salute. The he Marines. didn't salute either one of them. Nope. And I was hoping to see. He an didn't angle. retrieve the hat twice and was, put it on his head once. I was hoping so. to see the angle. Sometimes you know, usually when they go inside, they salute the pilots and stuff too, which you didn't. You don't see here whether he did or not, but. Uh, it was really strange that nobody said a thing about him not saluting. Yeah. Not a word. It was all about what a great thing it was that he yeah. picked up the hat. I mean, it and was, it was nice. It was, I mean, nice. but what are you going to do? Of course, you're going to pick up the hat and put it on his head. Not but, if you're the president. But it's interesting. The Marines have to remain motionless. Yeah, like they're or, like the, like, the, is it the, the British Yeah, thing, the England yeah. thing yeah. Out of the, outside of uh, Buckingham Palace. That's what it looks like. It's it is. Weird. Uh, I didn't know that we had that. But the guy either. without the hat isn't saluting, right? 
you know, again, the other guy is. there's no. worse things. You know, I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, some people will complain about it. Some people will overly praise him. In, in reality, it's not that big of a deal. Right. right. It's, it's just it's an oddity. interesting moment. Interesting mm-hmm. moment. A lot of people were posting uh, another person he tried to shake hands with that seemingly blew them blew him off. But again, it wasn't actually bad. It just was like weird film and and the, you know, I think it was was it the president of Poland or one of the I don't remember who it was. Uh, Merkel maybe? I don't remember who it was. But uh you remember that? He's had some special moments all along with some of these European leaders that uh they don't like him. No. Um, he is not one of them. I don't think no, he is not one of them. That doesn't and necessarily. I don't care. I don't care. No, it is me, not. Right. It is not bad to uh, me. Uh, but mm. I, I was kind of. I was kind of interesting, at least. Uh, this story, by the way, uh, is one that you need to read. Now it's going to take a long time to get through. It's long. First of all, can we get a tight shot of the picture that you used with Steve Bannon? It's, it's which a great is shot. One of the greatest pictures of all time. This is an attractive dude right here. Let's get real close to this one because this guy, wow. I mean, what a ladies' man this guy is. Look at that thing. We make fun of Jeffy? Look at this guy. <laughs> well, this guy is 394 years old, too. Yeah, so he for, is, that, yeah. for that age, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, he is a uh, the Steve Bannon. Now, this is, that, like, you know, that, that's not a good picture. Um, but it's a lot better. They, like this yeah, is one, the New one. York Magazine one. This is from New York Magazine. They, they picked one that didn't look attractive. That bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they did. They, you know, it's a close up. I, I would say they colored it. I don't mm. know if they colored it in a way of like, fo- like, but they used color correction or something to make it look as bad as possible. They used the Instagram filter. Um, Crap heap is the name of it, um, and it works pretty well. But what was interesting in here? A couple things. First of all, the Megyn Kelly uh, back and forth. So, if you remember. Megyn Kelly comes out, asks the difficult question um, uh, to Donald Trump, which, by the way, was completely fine. You could sit here and argue all day that it was a bad question. The bottom line was this question was coming from the left. She was, he was going to get it. They gave him a relatively safe place to answer it, and he acted as if it was like a horror show. How he would not know that question is coming is incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. The man called everyone, like, fat slobs. He called a bunch of women <laughs> fat slobs. Of course they're going to ask him about it. Uh, so anyway, she asked the question. He's, of course, very offended by it, which launches, he starts attacking her. Um, now, at that time, Breitbart, which is just an arm of the campaign, starts attacking um, uh, Megyn Kelly as well. They come up with, it was, mm-hmm. they have the number in here. It's something like 15 anti-Megyn Kelly uh, stories in like two days. F- flashbacks to her sexy photo shoot, to, you know, time she talked uh, 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 on, on Howard Stern, every bad thing that he, of course, mm. the stuff that made no difference when they brought it out about Trump. There was no problem with Trump being in Playboy. There was no problem with Trump uh, being on Howard Stern and saying a thousand uh, horrible things. It was only Megyn Kelly. So anyway, they attack Megyn Kelly like crazy. This creates a split in, uh, beyond, uh, between Trump allies, Roger Ailes. Uh, who's trying has a person at Fox who is their big star, um, as opposed to uh, Breitbart. They basically go in and say that at one point, after this goes on for a while, Ailes goes to Bannon and is like, "You gotta, you know, come on, stop this. You know, what are, what are you doing? You just keep attacking, attacking, attacking." And he does not give in. Mm. Um, they eventually send Roger Ailes sends his personal attorney who you see on Fox News uh, quite often with Peter Johnson mm-hmm. Jr., uh, to talk to Bannon and say, like, you need to stop this right now. Like, basically, you're never going to get any one of, uh, of your people on Fox News ever again if you continue this. Uh, and he, <laughs> they got into a big fight, and Bannon apparently said, I want you to take a quote back up to, uh, to Roger Ailes. I want you to quote me. Uh, tell him to F off. 
Like that's how bad it was at one point, apparently, oh between them. Now, eventually, they started working together on the mm. Trump campaign. When he was when Bannon was brought in, Ailes was also brought in at the very mm-hmm. beginning of that. Now, of course, Ailes has since passed away. Uh, but uh, kind of an interesting that was a, that's an interesting uh, story in here. And then additionally, uh, Ann Coulter. How how on earth did Ann Coulter fall so in love with Donald Trump? It didn't seem to make any sense at the time. This story kind of shines light on it, I think, for the first time, which is basically she loved that whole uh, immigration proposal so much because, you know, she wrote it. Now, she did not disclose that at the time, which would have been helpful when she here. Uh, this is, uh, do we have this for a while here? Um, let me try to see if I can give you the exact quote. But basically, she... Went, uh, I lost the page. Anyway, she, she, uh, they didn't have any policy papers, which of course, you know, policy makes no difference to Donald Trump, obviously. So they asked, hey, we have, I'm tough on immigration. I need a tough immigration policy. They went to, uh, Sam Nunberg, who's a former now advisor, but a long term Trump advisor, uh, and Ann Coulter to write the mm-hmm. actual policy. She wrote the white paper and then the next day called it the, greatest political document since the Magna Carta, and I don't care if he's aborting kids in the White House if, uh, if he passes this policy. Now, it kind of explains, because, because of the fact that he's essentially abandoned that policy at this point, or at least has made no progress on it. Um, no, no, I mean, you know, there's been a couple things. Kate's Law, um, you know, uh, he supported that. There's, uh, you know, a couple, there's been a couple bits and pieces, but really, you know, no wall progress. Uh, you know, he's, he did not get rid of uh, DACA uh, for kids. Uh, you know, there's a mm. lot of uh, those sorts of things that have been disappointments to, you know, immigration hardliners. And so now she's kind of off the bandwagon. Well, of course she's off the bandwagon because he's ignoring her policy. I mean, if this is true, and I have not seen her comment on it yet, uh, it's only one report, so you know you never know with these things. Maybe we'll, she'll deny it, but uh, I, my guess is she doesn't. She probably likes the idea that they came to her. Yeah. I mean, I'll write some policies for them, and then I'll, and then I'll be all supportive of those policies. But I can't imagine I would sell out like that. I mean, I might if I write if you write a policy for the president, and then he kind of takes it up. You're not going to like write a book in Trump we trust. <laughs> like I, you know, I mean, that's really. I'm personally not. No, I wouldn't do that. Uh, nor would I call my policy the greatest political document since the Magna Carta in 1213. That's when that came out. So that was uh, a long time ago. I mean, you know, 800 and... Better than the Constitution of the United yeah. States of America, really? <laughs> yes. It's, am- it's amazing. She yeah. thinks pretty highly of her work, doesn't she? You know she? who loves Ann Coulter's Ann Coulter? Ann Coulter does, yeah. yeah she's yeah. a big Ann Coulter fan. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Um, you know we've been talking for a while about this uh, uh, this girl thing. Um, it's uh, I've had enough of it. I can't take it. As I as I posted on you're Facebook, you're done with girls. I'm, I'm not done with that girls was a big themselves. We should probably have promoted this. this is, I am uh, done is coming out with of... girls claiming to be oh. every bit as athletic as as men as boys. It's just come on now, come on. We had, uh, you know, like we, we talked about this last week a little bit, and so I, I put it on Facebook, and there was, there's, there was an ESPN documentary. Two decathletes, uh, Dan O'Brien and Dave Johnson, you might remember the Dan and Dave campaign from the 90s. They reminisce about the time that they talked with former 
1976 Olympics gold medal winning decathlete Bruce Jenner. And because they called him Bruce, which, by the way, he was at the time, uh, ESPN panicked. And it's the story of a 1992 Reebok ad campaign 25 years ago this summer, unlike anything anyone had seen before. Reebok spent some $25 million on the campaign, featuring two top decathletes, a sum equal to their entire previous year's marketing budget. Those who remember the story remember it as a bust, but there are many more twists and turns along the way for Reebok, the two athletes, and the sport of track and field. One note, this episode features references to legendary decathlete Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner prefers to be referred to as Bruce uh -huh. in regards to her decathlon career. <laughs> yes. And a heads up, this episode includes mature language. Her okay, decathlon now, career. Files yeah. of Dan and Dave. <laughs> what do you mean a her decathlon? Uh, sorry. And what do you mean legendary decathlete Caitlyn Jenner? Look up legendary decathlete Caitlyn Jenner. Go ahead. <laughs> That's nothing there isn't one. But ESPN, apparently frightened, scared to death that transgendered people might be offended because someone called a he a he when he was a he. They felt compelled to start the documentary by saying that legendary decathlete Caitlyn Jenner, she preferred being called Bruce back then. So if Caitlyn Jenner wanted to be referred to as such, you know, no matter what time period of Caitlyn slash Bruce's life we're talking about, uh, would ESPN have insisted that Dan and Dave call uh, a man a woman and refer to him as her or as Caitlyn when he was in fact, when she was in fact a he in 1976? It's a tough question, but the answer is definitely yes. Yes, uh, right? 100% yes. I mean, this is ludicrous. It's getting to the point where we're going to have to rewrite history and deny science in order to, to please these special interest groups. We've obviously been talking a lot about this uh, lately, about, about trying to unite rather than divide the country. And, you know, there have been some in our audience who have expressed some concerns uh, about that, that they're worried because, uh, as they keep telling us, we, we need to keep telling the truth. Yes, we do, I, I, and, and we're going to. But altering the language we use, you know, trying to reach out and come together with some reasonable people on the other side of the aisle, uh, that doesn't mean we're going to stop telling the truth. The truth is and will continue to be paramount. I mean, a, a good example of that is a discussion, you know, the last couple of weeks with uh, the John McEnroe, Serena Williams thing, that controversy. McEnroe, of course, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. He was complimenting Serena, saying she was the best women's player ever. But then he was asked to clarify that statement because it was horrific, I guess, as if somehow it was wrong to specify that she was the best women's player ever instead of caving into the bat crap craziness. Uh, Matt, Matt McEnroe told the truth. He said, well, I mean, if she played on the men's circuit, she'd be ranked about 700th in the world. And he actually meant that as a compliment, yeah. but all hell broke loose. Serena took offense to the statement, and ESPN commentators were falling all over themselves, trying to find some way to vilify McEnroe for stating the obvious. And apparently they were outraged because he was sexist and wrong there. Um, these open-minded ESPN anchors, I guess, mm. I guess somehow believe that women and men are actually equals on the tennis court. Please.
I mean, that's just simply ridiculous. It's asinine to even say that that would be the case. There's, there's no reason to pretend that men and women are the same physically. They're not. Again, according to the left, I thought those of us on the right were supposed to be the science deniers, but they're the ones who continue to deny science. <laughs> Serena Williams herself talked about how ridiculous this is on David Letterman a few years ago. When she told Dave that year's uh, Wimbledon men's champion, Andy Murray, would beat her 6060. I, I think we have a little clip. As I recall, uh, this uh, battle of the, the sexes, yes. uh, Billie Jean, my, my memory is that she crushed uh, yeah, she, Bobby Riggs. She beat him pretty good. Right. Now, uh, Girl power. It would, <laughs> is there. What would, what would happen if something like that uh, occurred today? Well. Well, who would it be? Well, I don't know. Let's say you okay. would be the, the... I was hoping you'd say... All right, feminine side. And, and me. <laughs> and you. Oh. Well, actually, it's funny because Andy Murray, he oh, he was been joking about um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. Clip. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 and five to six minutes, maybe 10 minutes, because, <laughs> no, it's true, it's true, it's a completely, it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me, and um, they, they get, they serve uh -huh. harder, they hit harder, it's just a different game, and yeah. I love to play okay. women's tennis, and I, I only want <laughs> to play like girls, win. I don't want to be embarrassed, I would not right. do the tour, uh -huh. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice, so Andy, stop it, yeah. we're not going to, I'm not going to let you kill me. <laughs> and that's really I mean, overwhelmingly that's, clear how yeah, far she goes there. It's pretty darn clear. And to beat somebody 6060 in five or six minutes, you, you'd have to not even score a point. So she's essentially admitting she wouldn't score a point in that match. Uh, but she also put that theory to the test on the tennis court back in 1998, as we've mentioned on this very show. She and her sister Venus played against uh, and were crushed by the male tennis player who was ranked 203rd in the world. Two. Hundred third in the world, you know. But for some reason, we're expected to ignore reality and accept the lie that men and women are are the same. The NCAA is uh, is trying to push this theory too, and they're playing this nonsensical game. Uh, check out this ad. Yeah, I'm over it. So weird. We shouldn't need commercials to tell you we're powerful. No thanks. Genders don't play sports. Athletes do. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I guess we don't need Title IX anymore. Yeah. Uh, goodbye to Title IX. Genders don't play sports. Athletes do. <laughs> I love that. I love, too, by the way. She's trying to say that she's exactly equal with men as she's uh, playing softball, a different sport, and wearing a face mask. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know, if genders don't play, play sports, why is every sport in the NCAA separated by gender? Mm. Why? There's men's baseball. There's women's softball. Stu with correctly face pointed masks. out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's men's basketball and women's basketball. There's men's tennis and women's tennis. So. Uh, if genders don't play sports, 
if sports aren't separated by gender, women don't play sports. Mm. Not collegiate anyway. I mean, maybe when you're eight years old, you can put yeah. girls on, on your eight-year-old's team. Uh, but then that quickly ends mm-hmm. uh, once the maturing process starts. That's why there's a, an NBA and a WNBA. The WNBA has an average TV viewership on ESPN of about 200,000. The NBA averages around 7 million people across four different networks. Now, is that different? That's uh, a little that different. <laughs> than, than 200,000? It's slightly more, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. The WNBA receives about $25 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. From their yeah. TV mm-hmm. contract. The NBA, uh, $2.6 billion. So the and it's a $5 billion in total yearly revenue. Jeez. That's a good $5 business. billion. Dollars. $25 million for the WNBA. Uh, if I mean, there's six of the 12 WNBA teams are losing money hand over fist every year. The average arena attendance in the WNBA is around 7,000. It's almost 18,000 for the NBA. The, the WNBA would not exist at all if it weren't being subsidized by the NBA. There just wouldn't be one. Now, this doesn't mean that women aren't equal in, in many ways. They might actually be superior in some ways. And it doesn't mean that when comparing apples to apples as far as employment, women should make as much as men. We all believe that, right? I don't know anybody who doesn't believe that. If you do the same job, generally, you have the same experience, you have Mm -hmm. the same education level, you perform the same way, and you're working the same hours, then yes, Mm -hmm. you receive the same pay. And that's, of course, true. And it is true. And it does happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we don't have to perpetuate these lies in the name of equality. Men and women are different and that's, that's great. We're supposed to be. So please, for the love of heaven, can we stop with the fake outrage over the incredibly obvious and scientific truth that men, in general, are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. And as a rule, they'll beat them in every single athletic endeavor. Somebody pointed out to me after I Facebooked this that uh, they compete together in dressage mm-hmm. and equestrian competitions. Well, that's really the where horse the horse is, is doing, doing the work. work. You know, you know, uh, yeah, it's great. You know, it's actually one that uh, I've I've heard a few times since we we started talking about this, and it's a good example. Um, is uh, American Ninja Warrior? Yeah. yeah. Which yes. again is you know it's a sport and it's obviously a television made for TV event, but they're really insane athletes doing really yeah, incredible are. things. Yes, they are. And you know because sometimes certain you know tasks that they have to accomplish, some of the uh, you know the obstacles. Are better if you're if you're smaller and lighter and and you can be more agile and mm-hmm. and so you see that some women are I mean again men still dominate it but some women are able to compete on the same playing field and do pretty well yeah now, of I've course noticed that. it's not the com- <clears throat> it's not the most common thing um, and still I think you know the best in the world are still are still dudes but. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll change their gender and we can go back and refer to them as women in retrospect. And then the women will be better. (laughs) Or maybe we could admit that Caitlyn Jenner uh, didn't win an Olympic medal. Bruce (gasps) Jenner did. Oh, my gosh. Bruce Jenner won a gold medal. Uh, There are two and only two genders. Oh, my gosh. Maybe we could admit that. And that's okay. You know, men are generally bigger, stronger and faster than women. And that's okay. Uh, Women do some things better than men, just not sports. And that's okay. Uh, and ESPN is really pissing me off right now, and that's not okay. No, I'm, I'm sick of that. <laughs> it's our only escape. Okay. It's our only escape is to escape in the world of sports, and then they drag this stuff in. I, I, I can't see it. Nuts. All right, more patents too coming up in a minute or two.
Or three. I mean, three might be three yes. minutes. Probably three, about three minutes. Probably no more than four or five. No, but maybe six. I'm gonna take a. We'll be back by so about two hours. Talking about women's sports. Women's sports is the important story of today. Why did I just ignore the real news? That's you. <laughs> did, you was, did you understand that impression there, Jeff? Wasn't it a good impression of Pat? Because that's Pat. That's what Pat does. He talks about, oh, I want to talk about women's sports uh-huh. when there's real issues going on that you won't you won't even discuss. Everything like such as. Like, like this. Watch. Again, I am in a death battle. People ask how I have this much energy. Megan Kelly asked me what drugs I was on. And I said, I don't use drugs. She was kind of like, really, you don't? I don't know what that meant, but I thought she was trying to like get me into saying I was on drugs. Folks, <laughs> what? I have hundreds of articles I see every what? week about human-animal chimeras with no rights. You talked about people you Wait, know what? in research labs. I've talked to them, too. Mm-hmm. You see humanoids. They're like 80% gorilla, 80% pig, and they're talking. <laughs> and this is highly... Uh, go ahead. Case Law School in 2006 <laughs> was hired to uh-huh. develop law Ooh. for the future of transgenic <laughs> Dr. Ed organisms. Group? And they're already here and we're saying we want to force the debate. What rights are they get, like, Do you get rights as a human if you have 50% DNA? Like, what are the rights that are going to be we need to make I don't this know, illegal? Dude. This needs to be illegal. It needs to be They're illegal. talking about <laughs> making it illegal to make child pedophile robots. Okay. 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 Yes, they are. You know, make that illegal. But They but, are but, talking about that. What about the human spliced with animals? I mean, this is yeah, beyond. Yeah, what about that? What Why about that, Dr. Ed Group? Why is glyphosate legal? Why are <laughs> gross Why is what legal? Why is I mean, I'm debated that glyphosate grows cancer. That's, you want to make no, it's, it's like miracle grow for cancer. Exactly. No, it is health, not miracle grow. System. You want to like, this, ah, this is ridiculous. Thing. The healthcare system, all this stuff. Oh, I suppose you would deny the fluoride thing. They're giving insurance companies billions of dollars. Address the root cause of the problem. Executive order, ban glyphosate. Executive order, ban GMOs. Executive order, ban artificial sweeteners, man-made chemicals and oh, products. Oh, God, I hate that. Ban all artificial you know sweeteners? You know the root cause of why <laughs> I mean, we're getting this all this disease. guy's a doctor. He knows what he's my, talking about. Well, he's, it's we, Dr. Ed Group. group. We've got to do group. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking to the whole group now. Years, yeah. it's, no, it's Dr. Group. Most of the frogs, amphibians, and fish are dying. They've got, they're horribly deformed. And then it's just a big joke to Colbert. Notice all his attacks make fun of us and how our genetics are being manipulated. They want to right. make a joke yeah. about that with the public, so no one cares. Hi, I'm I'm Doctor Pat Individual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that really Doctor Ed name? Group? Is his real name for real? I mean, that's not a. I'm but, sure he's a legitimate doctor saying so. We need to- Ban GMOs, ban artificial sweeteners, ban glyphosate. Ban, did he ban fluoride in there, or was that you just? No, he didn't even okay. go to fluoride, which oh, was wow. amazing. But <laughs> I'm concerned most of yeah. all about the 80 percent uh, uh, ape mm-hmm. and 80 percent pig. Mm-hmm. That's 160 percent of somebody. I don't know how yeah, they got it to does that. Does seem to be a lot if of person. 80 percent ape and 80 percent pig. There's something wrong with you, it's I think. It's a lot there. It's a lot. There's a lot of 
thing there. I gotta say too, I, I noticed on that clip, uh, <laughs> Media Matters is now watching Alex Jones because now that's important to them. I don't remember the Media Matters clips of uh, you know, uh, him being critical of uh, 9/11 being an inside job. No, I. When, yeah. it was, when it was Bush at the end of these conspiracy theories, I don't remember the criticism. No, I, I don't. Not at I all. don't remember that at all. Not and then all. as soon as Obama is in there now, and now uh, Trump, uh, now he's associated with Trump. He, everyone's critical of the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, we were critical of him the whole time. Thank you. Yes. Been critical since 2003 of Alex Jones. Yeah, so. As long as I've ever known of him, all, uh, you know, he's always been a moron. That, that's an amazing segment. Yes. That's, that's priceless stuff. I didn't realize Dr. Ed Group was there to add his gravitas. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great. If you walked into, seriously, if you walked into your doctor's office and this guy was standing there, don't you just turn around <laughs> and walk out? I do. You're just like, okay. Absolutely he's got not. a big supplement line. All right. Oh, I'm shocking. I'm all out of time. <laughs> He's got a big supplement line at the Global (laughs) Healing Center. I bet he does. I bet he does. All right. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. More patents. Like Miracle Girl for cancer. (laughs) What? (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Well, one of the things that we learned uh, this past weekend with uh, President Donald Trump uh, in Europe at the G20, uh, his uh, 30-minute extended hour and 18-minute or however long the meeting was with uh, Putin that uh, lasted long. At the end, you realized why Donald Trump likes Vladimir Putin so much. You do? When he reached out to shake his hand, you see that Donald Trump's hand is actually bigger than Vladimir Putin's hand. So he's Oh like, my gosh, really? It's, it's really amazing. It's like, oh my gosh, that's why he likes him so much, because Putin makes his hand look bigger. And there's a picture where he just reaches his arm out. You see just his hand, uh-huh. and it looks, uh, it looks, we should have I don't it. believe that. Do you have I mean, that picture? I, I mean, I, I want to see this. For it to go up, but apparently we don't. All right. Uh, okay. oh, that, was a, that was less convincing than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. All the right, picture would have helped. Yeah. Uh, okay, right. here it is. All right, we got let's it. See. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's all right. I don't know. Yeah, I've got all four of them on there. Yeah, that's good. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I don't it know is, about I'm that. It is, I'm telling you, it is. Well, but yeah, but we don't trust you about anything. Why well, would, there's that, the, there's, why would you, know you what? say there's I'm telling you? There's photographic coverage right there. When you say I'm telling Proof. you, it means I believe you less. Proof. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't look, I will say this, they look at least to be about the same size. Yeah, they which, do. Which uh, says something interesting about yeah, them. And do. Putin's only about two feet tall. Yeah, he's not so, a big guy. So, I mean, Trump is a kind of, you know. Well, Trump is 6'3", and Putin's what, 5'9", five, 5'10", five five maybe? So his hands should be bigger, but they don't appear to be that much. <laughs> they seriously look about the same. The only thing is, he, how, you know, because he liked him, obviously, before this meeting. And yeah, yeah. He, there have been no contacts between anyone in the Trump administration and anyone in oh, Russia. That's right. So, so yeah, how would he even know his right. hands were smaller? I apologize. That's a good point. Uh, really we good also point. found out that uh, the uh, trial yeah. of Bill Cosby... Uh-huh. Uh, will take place in November again. So they're going to retry him for sure? Bill Cosby. They are going to okay. go after him. Okay, well, this is just a PR move at this point. Look, I mean, look, serious. I don't know if I've had just things. about enough I, of it. It does seem like it. I mean, it seems Come like there's on. a lot of evidence, I, you know, but I don't know for sure. The issue here is they're just, they just, 
they can't justify giving up on it because it's been so highly publicized. So they're just going to keep trying. They just keep pounding know. it up, pounding it up. Just let the man be. No, well, I, just I let mean, the man be. Look, he's if, eighty years old. You've ruined. You've taken everything from him. Let him leave him. Yeah, they haven't taken anything from him. What are you talking about? Are, are you kidding his, me? They've taken his career. As does he? Has, he can't he did go. That to he himself. Can't. Nobody did that to him. Nobody did well, that to him. If he didn't do it, they if did, he they didn't, didn't do it, right, but please. Right. Right. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, come on. You, you're already. You've just found him guilty. Yes. It does seem like he did. In some the court stuff. of public opinion, I would say yes, he's guilty. It's tough though because huh. I mean I you know. Huh. It does seem that way. And, yeah. But, I mean, the fact that you try, you know, um, uh, this was really interesting. In that same article, the New York article, Bannon brought out the rape victims of, uh, of Bill Clinton. Remember, he brought out the oh, yeah. four oh, of them yeah, and, yeah. And, and he had that, they did a press yeah, conference together. The press conference showed up at a couple places. The reason yeah. he did that was because of Bill Cosby. He saw the interviews with the women. But because they had aged so much and it had been so long, they were all elderly, and they he saw convincing. them as sympathetic yes, figures. They sure were. So he did the exact same thing. Yeah, they're not hot he babes anymore. Outwardly was copying mm. the way that they did the Bill Clinton it's or Bill Cosby thing to get Bill Clinton. Interesting. I mean, the guy's a kind smart dude. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, with Bannon, and just I don't know if I like the tactics so much. Triple eight seven two seven back. Something I wanted to touch on that uh, we actually had scheduled from last uh, hour, Stu. Um, there, there was a uh, little incident at at the Katie Mills Mall in Katy, Texas, which is suburban Houston. It's about uh, thirty miles west of Houston, uh, and it's actually where I lived when I lived in Houston. But at the Katie Mills Mall is the same mall as like the Grapevine Mills. Same yes. people. Chain, right? Yeah, it's a, a bunch of them mm-hmm. around the country. So they're it's it's they're really nice malls. Anyway, uh, the Great American Cookies Company is on the defensive now after an employee was generous enough to pay for the cookie of a police officer that came to get a cookie. So the the employer said, "I'll take care of that." So a really nice gesture, right? Yes. Everybody should be happy with that. Nope. And move on. Uh, the according to the employees. Uh, the employee's mother, who related the story on a Facebook post, the officer thanked the employee and, and went on his way. But then the family behind the cop said, well, you're going to pay for my cookie, too? Uh, and <laughs> the employee responded, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I bought his because he's wearing a badge. You know, he's he's a police officer. So they started calling him a racist. Then they threatened to beat him up. Then the middle-aged man put his, his child down at the table, seated him, and then t- tried to get back uh, behind the counter to, to attack the, the kid, the employee. What? I mean, is this nuts? His wife threatened to go back there and slap him. Uh, it, so thankfully, a co-worker intervened and I guess defused the situation somehow. But then he was going to be fired, right? You know that part of he the started story? Out, well, it started out, they brought him back. And said that uh, the one manager wanted him fired. And then one of his co-workers, assistant managers or whatever, said, no, he's a good guy. We've just recommended him for 
you know, a raise or whatever uh, not long ago. So they said, okay, well, then you're suspended for a week. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and so then, you're going to fire or suspend a kid and then the company who pays found, for a cookie for a police officer to thank him for his service. And then the company uh, found out and said, whoa, hey, wait a second. Uh, we're all for the police, and uh, we're for our employees uh, doing what they can to help. Uh, this is wrong. What happened to this kid? He, he can come back. He's got a job. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know. That's you good that the Great lo- American Cookies Company took care of it, Yeah, though. you have a couple, you know, localized wow. uh, morons uh, yes. dealing with the situation poorly. And then, you know, they, they, somebody, but they fixed it. Yeah, that's good. That's all you can do, right? Uh, apparently, the story, the post went viral. Just somebody's mom posted something, and uh, it had 4,000 comments and 6,000 shares. Six, six thousand. I mean, that goes to show. I wonder, you know. Wow. Like I would say something like that <clears throat> at the cookie store, and not be mad about it. I mean, maybe I just need to get mad about <clears throat> it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Get a free cookie. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a joke, you might say you're going to pay for mine too. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run the next door and buy a dollar plastic bag. I, and you might tell them I'm an under, undercover cookie. officer. I. <laughs> Um, Another one of your things, Jeffy, is going mega viral right now. Uh, An untreatable gonorrhea superbug is spreading around the world. Oh, is that you? I mean, I just assumed you were were patient zero. Uh, That's kind of... Kind of where I started on the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? How was this? Is it I a didn't nice realize, superbug? Did you well, actually, it? to be honest, I didn't realize what I had was part of the superbug strain. <laughs> uh, that is kind of a serious issue, though. Untreatable strains of gonorrhea on the rise, as the World Health Organization has warned, fueling uh, fears that last resort drugs will soon be futile after three confirmed cases in which antibiotics were ineffective. I mean, they've been crying about this for years, right? Yeah. I mean, that they've been pumping mm-hmm. people full of antibiotics, and sooner or later, these bugs are going to say, no, no more, we can beat that drug too, and there's, we're not going to have anything to help people. Maybe you should stop touching people. Maybe that's another answer. Maybe uh, maybe not changing the entire world of medicine mm-hmm. and just you just maybe staying inside. You know, maybe that would be... Uh... Isolation. I'm thinking isolation. Yeah, like maybe... Like, a, I don't know, quarantine sort of? Situation, we you might know, quarantine him. Maybe in a jail cell. Yeah. You know, or something a little bit more enclosed. Because, I mean, there's bars they don't really Even with the, I mean. If he sneezes or something. When it flares up. Right. It's painful. So, <laughs> no, I mean, you still want me in jail even with the flare-ups? Yes. More than ever. Stunningly uh, true. <laughs> uh, another Jeffy-inspired uh, world tragedy, the opioid crisis. Um, I thought this was fascinating because, you know, it's one of those things. I will say, every time I see a headline about the opioid crisis, I'm like, Scroll, scroll. Like, I, I don't know Me why I, I feel bad. It's not, it's just, uh, yeah, it doesn't capture my imagination. I, don't, I know, I feel bad about that because in mm-hmm. reality it's terrible. I mean, it's worse than the crack epidemic by a lot. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's, these are not uh, close to each other as far as scale goes. Um, so it's a big deal. And I don't know why it's, it doesn't feel as big a deal. I guess, you know, you know, crack L.A., New York, big cities where this is maybe a little bit, uh, you know, uh, more rural areas. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that might be the reason why it doesn't feel as big a news story. However, it's a, it's a big human tragedy right now. People are really having a lot of problems with it. One of the really fascinating parts about this, however, is it's upending a long-term liberal complaint um, which maybe shows you that the, uh, be, I don't know, maybe the complaint wasn't so legitimate in the first place. Um, really? So they're talking about how, what a big uh, problem this is mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, how in the past <clears throat> blacks seemed uh, disproportionately filling pr- uh, prison cells because of uh, crime, uh, these types of crimes uh, related to drugs, much more than rural or suburban whites. 
But that trend has begun to reverse itself in the past decade, according to the New York Times analysis of the National Corrections Reporting Program last year. New York Times reported that white rural Americans are going to prison more often and for longer sentences than urban blacks, a giant leap from 10 years ago when people in urban and suburban and rural areas on balance went to prison the same, at the same clip. Now, according to New York Times study of prison data, people who live in rural regions um, uh, have seen incarceration rates go up by 36 uh, percent in that decade. Much of it coincides with the opioid epidemic that is crippling all of rural America. It also coincides with a bipartisan push from Washington to decrease the mass incarceration numbers of large cities. While blacks still comprise a disproportionate number of inmates, that number has fallen, and the same goes for Hispanics. In short, if you are rural and white and you break drug laws, you more likely will go to prison for a longer period than your suburban and urban cousins. Wow. That is pretty amazing. I yeah, mean, it is. And I, I still hear, you know, Black Lives Matter <clears throat> will tell you that all they do is, they, you know, they're just trying to put black people, even Rand Paul. It does this all the time. Well, look, uh, you know, drug laws. I mean, Rand Paul yep. seems to be just making a convenient argument against uh, drug uh, prohibit, uh, prohibition. So I under, I guess this is why he does it. But he's always like, oh, they proportionate, propor- uh, disproportionately hit black uh, uh, families and minorities. Seems to be the opposite now. That actually seems to change. And, and you, if you think about it too, you have an exploding epidemic of opioid cases in in uh, in the middle of the country, uh, and even the Northeast, but rural areas largely. And at the same time, uh, a lot of the changes have been made to the law, I think correctly, um, to not disproportionately uh, um, punish certain drugs over others uh, that would typically fall on African-American communities or inner-city communities. Uh, the crack cocaine one was always the obvious one, where, like, you know, if you have your crack, they're basically the same drug uh, from a chemical standpoint, but that you have a, it was three and four times the prison sentences for crack. That doesn't really make much sense, and that's been largely corrected. Um, But now that it's been corrected, and now that they're trying to have, like, outreach and have people go get treatment, the the, the wealthier cities have the money for these treatment programs where the rural areas don't. So they're sending the people in the rural areas to prison, and they're, they're treating the people in the inner cities. And so now it's actually reversed itself. It's kind of an interesting trend. Yeah. And it kind of upends, you know, all this knowledge we supposedly knew. Indeed. Over a decade, too. Indeed. But again, this is the problem with these stories, is that that's your reaction to it. Yeah, I know. Indeed. I know, indeed. <laughs> I know, well. Indeed. I mean, what do you do? I, I know. I, what do you do? Is it, let me, let me you ask you You go to the clinic question. and get your free needle and mm-hmm. yeah, shoot up with the townies. <laughs> let me ask you this question, though, and I mean this honestly. Uh, unlike, un, unlike Jeffy, I just don't feel like it's going to hit me. I, like, it just doesn't feel like mm-hmm. the opioid thing is so like I I don't feel like that's a problem I'm going to have. So it's out of I, I, there's so many other problems I have to deal with that, like because it doesn't feel like a problem mm-hmm. I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like it could be really at any time, though. You know, uh, you get a back issue or you get a who knows what kind of problem, you know, uh, maybe oh. arthritis or <laughs> whatever. And then you start taking course or with arthritis. It's not the, the same because it's usually not an opioid, I don't think. But. No, I mean you could be you could be uh, prescribed these things and then and then it could become dependent on them. I mean, because you you obviously have a really bad back plate. Mm-hmm. Bane Jeffy's got. I mean, Jeffy's God got. only knows how many diseases he's <laughs> fighting right now. True. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's true. And yeah. not to mention, a lot of this is with kids. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and I certainly have kids. I, don't, I I just for some reason it doesn't connect. Like, 
Because well, they would a, tell you, before this incident happened, they would tell you, well, you don't care about the crack epidemic because it's not white people in the <laughs> suburbs. <laughs> right. Well, no. you know, and now it's white people in the suburbs. I don't really care about it either. Yeah. And I'm not saying either one of those things is right. right. It's just, I mean, mm-hmm. I do care about There's it. There's a big story in the, New, in the New Yorker. It's top of my mind all the time. Right. There's a big story in the New Yorker that I haven't read yet, but I have it in my queue to read is The uh, Addict Next Door. Uh, you know, based on the opioid epidemic. Mm. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's what you're talking about. I mean, is it going to, is your next door neighbor doing something bad, going to hurt your hurt your family because of it? And for Break, most people, whatever. that's rhetorical, but you actually sold them the drug, so you know the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, I people got to have what they got to have. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, oh right. uh, I, I like this story, too, um, because George Clooney is a big activist, mm-hmm. and he's always shooting his mouth off, and... And one of the things he's been signing off on is the refugee thing. He believes that we should be allowing refugees into the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, he uh, has lived for some time in England. I, I don't know why. I guess because, uh, you know, they're not as hateful as we yeah, are here sure. in the United yeah. States of mm-hmm. America. And now he's decided he's moving his family back to the United States because England's become too unsafe with too many terrorists. Oh. Hmm. That's hmm. interesting. Hmm. How did that happen? Huh. Huh. Uh, Hmm. Local kids Hmm. gone wrong? No. No? Uh, John Cleese's children? No. No? Okay. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. No. Huh. Maybe some... Maybe some immigrants? Maybe illegal immigrants? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. people coming from maybe Venezuela. legal and illegal, mm-hmm, uh, and maybe uh, some of those were refugees. I I don't know. I just mean apparently he had a security mm-hmm. team look over his uh, uh, different homes. Uh, that he has uh, spaced uh, throughout the globe. <laughs> Did and, he? Uh, yeah, the house in the U.S. was the safest. Jeez. That's interesting. I mean, I got, I got to say, as far as celebrities go that are activists, he's like one of the least he, annoying He ones is, and me. that's like, why I wouldn't slam him too hard. Yeah. But it's worth noting, I think, the and, hypocrisy well, there. And, and, and also the idea that <clears throat> when it comes down to it, you know, when it, I think we say this with Holmes, like DiCaprio. When it comes down to it, he's flying on the jet. And he's Thank you. Home. Right. Because you know what? He wants that stuff. Right. When it comes down to it, you want yeah. the safety. You can make all the arguments you want, but when it comes and down to it. And the same guy will bitch about income inequality. Mm-hmm. Income inequality. Yeah. While he's got homes all over the freaking world and he's living a lifestyle that most people can't even imagine. And yet, he, he'll, what, what are you doing for income inequality? And then we talked about his tequila company. Didn't we yeah. talk about that on the air? Yeah. Yes. The, the whole tequila sale. What did he yeah. sell for a billion dollars yeah. or something? or more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's some, you know, like, Jeez. at some point. You've don't made you have, enough money. Don't you just have a life that's too good? Yes. Like, shouldn't you just, like, get a disease or something just to make it worse? <laughs> it's like, come that's on. That's what I think. <laughs> Do you? That's how it happens. That's how it happens. All right. Uh, you know, we uh, have had this on the uh, on the planning sheet for, I don't know, 83 days or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just go ahead and play it now. The Jumanji 2 trailer, which is, I guess Jumanji is coming out with a sequel hmm. after just... Well, not, not needed. What is it? 83, uh, right? 83 years ago. Was that ago, Robin Williams? Yeah. 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 I, I enjoyed yeah. the first one, but no, it was I liked Robin. It. I liked it too. But I don't think I I don't I know did. if we've been clamoring for a second one. No, no, we haven't. And that's another, you know, Hollywood is uh, searching for something to create, man. To they yeah. are. There's some and desperation. When, when did Jumanji come out? Was it 15, 20 years ago? It's got to be, right? Yeah. I, and we talked about this uh, off the other, the other day of just how, like, there's not any movie that, like, the only thing we could come up with is Dunkirk uh, this summer. 
Yeah, uh, we're kind of excited. Really to see. bad that, that year good. for summer movies. But what else like. is there? I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I was excited for Guardians of the Galaxy two, which I was and really let down. Sucked. By. Um, you know, outside new... of that, I'm like Star Wars. I'm going to be in like December. Ninety five for Jumanji. Ninety five. Oh, I would have guessed even earlier. So. Ninety five. Twenty two years ago. And, uh, wow. You got what? The Planet of the Apes. Right? The, yeah, the new, that the one new looks apes okay. coming out. I mean, that, that new their reboot of Planet of the Apes, the first, the first one's two been of them okay. were great. Yeah, yeah I really I'm tired of the I humans are bad and the apes are good because yeah. oh, it just gives me a. It was those have That has not been a bad series. I'll no, give it has that. not. And and the, the new one is getting great reviews. Like it's uh, supposedly great. I, I don't know if Jumanji's going to hit those numbers. Though. I, I don't think like. so. Well, let's take a look at the at the at the trailer and and we'll see what you think. Well, this is a fun group. Welcome to detention. Spencer, Bethany, Fridge, Martha. You're all here for a reason. Hey, person walking. You should be thinking about who you are and who you want to be. You'll have plenty of time to figure that out while you're cleaning out the basement. Are you gonna help or are you too pretty? I'm too pretty. Yo, <laughs> what's this? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. Pick a character and you're that person in the game. Which one do I pick? I don't think it matters that much. Bruce Finbar. Sounds like a badass. I'll be the curvy genius. Dr. Smolder Bravestone. I guess I'm Ruby Roundhouse. Who are you? It's me, Spencer. Who is she? Martha? Why am I wearing half a shirt and short shorts in the jungle? I think we got sucked into Jumanji and we become the avatars we chose. So that means... Bethany? Oh, Bethany? Don't look at it! <laughs> I'm an overweight middle-aged man. Oh, I don't have my Claritin. And all I see around here is Paula. Well, I don't have the top two feet of my body! Damn, that is a man right there. Don't cry, don't cry. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> this is a video game, which means we all have special skills. Where am I running so slow? That was so intense. I like can't even with this place. Watch your step in here. I mean, that looks like fun. What? That old game machine must have elected you. Now we're... Oh, my God! You better get in there and save her. I'm not going to get in there. You get in there. I got a backpack on. You don't get in water with a backpack. Everybody knows that. I mean, uh, you know. That looks pretty good. It looks like it could be all right. Yeah, that might know. be fun. I love the uh, the device of... Uh, using the girl in the half shirt, like she doesn't like that. That's crazy. Not in the yeah. jungle. I don't want that. That's <laughs> that's not appropriate in the jungle. Yet I do have to wear it the entire movie. It's like they're like <laughs> mocking video games for underdressing their women at the same time that they're underdressing yes. their women. I remember this was a stupid controversy a while ago too, wasn't it? They were like, oh, I can't believe they put her in a half shirt. Well, she looks she looks great in a half shirt. I know it's uh, it's a visual medium. Mm -hmm. I know. I hate to break it to you. Mm -hmm. 
Newton. Hi, it's Pat and Stu. And uh, what's his face over there? Oh, uh, I mean, he's already done it. Johnny or J uh, Jerry uh, Jolly uh, Jumanji? Yes, that's it. Jumanji. Yes, Jumanji. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we have some of the strangest products endorsed by famous musicians uh, here. Uh, actual commercials. Oh, good. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe we recognize all these people. Some of them you might not. Um, watch this. We may have an emergency situation going on right here in this family room. Yeah. yeah. If you'll allow me, I will help rock this house. Yeah! No, back, back. Uh, yeah, good. Right. Back, back. Todd, no, wait, wait. No, back. Nice. Right. right there. Huh? Yeah. Mm. Now, we rock this house. To see more of my makeover, go to overstock.com. That's amazing. Huh. I said the Brett Michaels thing is that oh, he's turned nice. that into kind of a business. Yeah. Yes, he has. We love Overstock, of course. So yes. We're big fans. Um, I know, didn't I didn't realize he he did or did I've never either. seen one of those Have you seen that? No, I've never seen it, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting how he's been able to kind of make this second career. Yeah. He did he was an apprentice guy, right? A celebrity apprentice yes. guy. And he did, I think, maybe through that show, a Snapple flavor. Does this sound familiar to anybody? I think it's a Snapple flavor, like a tropical iced tea type of thing. Pretty darn good, I will mm. say. Mm. I think it was him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, well, he's, he's also got his own line of luggage, which I didn't know about that. Uh, I didn't either. Brett Michaels from, from Poison. Sells luggage. It's amazing. So, there how you that, go. Uh, there, there's a uh, there's a documentary on networks that I uh, Netflix I've been meaning to watch for a long time. I'm sure you've watched it, Jeffy, because of the word in the middle of the title. It's called After Porn Ends, and I'm fascinated Ooh. by this. The, have you have you seen it? You actually have, you don't watch documentaries, do you? I've noticed this. This is another <laughs> thing that's weird about Jeffy is he's seen every entertainment pro, but every mm -hmm. entertainment product. I watch I watch them because you say, hey, you should watch this. Yeah, but say, you're, okay, you're, it's great. not like you're enter. That's not where you. But I will go. say that. That particular documentary Sounds um, is in my queue. It, uh, <laughs> I just haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> I want to see it, though, because it's such a fascinating thing. These women, and they go and they do this. What is their, what is their life like when they're 47? And, and, they're and so anymore? that's what it focuses yeah, on? Yeah, it's not yeah. like after their I mean, life in porn. That kind of interesting. I'm sure yeah, it's interesting. Much now, some people, it, so. like oh. me, would say, you know, who cares? Yes, yeah, so that would be what you would say. That, um, <laughs> however, I'm fascinated by, like, are they taking their kids to, like, PTA meetings? Like, yeah, probably. Are they going to yeah, PTA meetings and just becoming... Like, I don't know. I hate to say it this way, but like normal people, does that happen? I, I, I guess it has to, uh, right? I, I don't know. But it's like, it seems like such a weird life. How dare life. you think that porn isn't regular normal? Uh, it's not. Well, the only person I know who's involved in it is you, and it's not normal at all. <laughs> it's just pornography <laughs> enhancing other people's lives. Okay. Mm. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing about Brett Michaels here is the only other thing I've seen him on in the last... 20 years, I think, was that episode, and just, I've, I've only seen the clip, of when he's on, he's on Celebrity Apprentice, and he comes in with the girl, and they're talking about whatever right. thing they were doing, and, and Trump, Donald Trump says, oh, I bet you look good on your knees. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Brett Michaels doesn't react to that at all. He's a rocker, he's a sleazy guy, he's done sex on tape with everybody you can think of, <laughs> doesn't laugh, doesn't play oh. into it. He looks like the mature, yeah. sophisticated one. <laughs> and Donald Trump looks like the dirtbag rocker. It's that's an amazing just, clip. Well, I'm sure he amazing. just got done drinking a, uh, a trap of rocka tea. I gotta say, Probably. the Trauma Rocket Tea was pretty good. I, I've, I've had it. It's, uh, I would say I would give it a shot if you see it in stores. Uh, it's pretty delicious. Okay. Uh, here's Iggy Pop, who you probably 
I may or may not recognize. I, I don't. Iggy. I don't know if I would. Uh, for Swift Cover Auto Insurance. <laughs> Iggy's great. So, little guy, you ready for our big road trip? Yeah. And I got me some new wheels. Yeah. NoSwiftCover.com can give you a car insurance quote in Holy just 60 cow. seconds. And it's totally online, so you can store your documents online and print them when you need them. Ow! I can't reach. <laughs> You've got some rocking new driving shoes. Rock and roll, man. Let's do this. Get a light. Get Swift Covered. Wow, wow, that's disturbing. Wow, that, that is, is just flat out. He's disturbing. actually he's more creepy looking than the doll. Wow. Uh, how old is he, Jeffy? Iggy. Yeah. I bet you he's sixty-eight now. I'll find out exactly. I mean, Gotta the rock and roll lifestyle—it uh, it weathers Ooh. you. Well, yeah. I mean, Iggy's lived the, lived that life. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't have known who that is, though. The only reason I would know would him you is, have known? Is, uh, yeah. Oh, you would have. Train oh, I would not have. Right? Was it, did, didn't he have the song for Train Spotting? And That's I how forced, I remember him. I was forced to like him through some friends of mine that all were in love with him. He's only 70. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't look a day over 90. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, uh, Johnny Rotten. Johnny He's Rotten still did alive? an ad for Country Life Butter. Is that possible? <laughs> Let's watch. I got to see this. Do I buy Country Life Butter because it's British? Do I buy country life because I yearn for the British countryside? Or because he's made only from British milk? No, I buy country life because I think it tastes the best. It's not about Great Britain, it's about Great Butter. <laughs> that's kind of, I kind of like that ad, actually. Uh, he's isn't he like a conservative or something? Is this am I imagining this? I don't know. Maybe or maybe or like I don't know. Okay, let, we'll have to look that one up. How yeah. about? Um, oh, would you buy Alka Seltzer from this man? Watch. Holiday pleasures, Alka Seltzer is a Yuletide treasure. Oh, what a relief it is! Alka Seltzer and Sammy Davis Jr. That's yeah, those were the days when uh, they were trying. I mean, that's the, obviously the the holiday Christmas version because that was the big uh, the plop plop fizz fizz days. Oh, right? what a relief it is! Mm-hmm. Because Sammy was having problems with the IRS in 1972 due to overspending. Uh, he spent most of the 70s and 80s trying to get out of debt, so that's why apparently he took the Alka-Seltzer commercial. Huh, that's interesting. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, those, are odd, those are odd commercial choices. I will say most of them. Very odd. Uh, Brett Michaels makes a little bit more sense because he's really made that kind of second career. These yeah. other guys. I like yeah. the Johnny Rotten one, though. Yeah. And and he has Britain, a little. Uh, not too long ago, he defended Donald Trump. That at least that was the headline. Uh-huh. You know, I haven't read the whole story because it looks as it looks as though it sees him as a possible uh, friend on Good Morning Britain. So I think mm. that he was more for it Britain. Might, yeah, it might have been uh, more of a uh, like give the guy a chance. Yeah. That might have been all it was. Yes. I just remember him and like a lot of conservative sites were posting something from him recently. Mm. But I like the idea. It's uh, you know, you don't buy things because they're in, from America. Don't buy things because they're from Great Britain. They need to actually be good. You know? I mean, I, that's, that's something. I, conservatives mm-hmm. used to understand this. Yes, we're patriotic. And yes, given the choice, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, if, if all things being equal, if you could buy something from someone down the street, great. 
However, the idea that you're supposed to buy American steel because it's American if other places are better, have it better and cheaper is dumb. It's a dumb idea. Uh, it's just, it's not a good idea at all. Um, Why do you mm-hmm. hate the United States of America? Did you see, we never even covered you, this story. Have you, have you become communist all of a sudden? No, but I'll, let me give you this one before we go to break, because we're running a little late <laughs> and we have spoons coming up, which is a hell of a lot more important than what we're talking about. Uh, but uh, Europe now is looking for the ways they are going to fire back if Trump imposes the oh, steel share yeah. he's been promising. And now that it's getting closer and closer and, and, and they're talking, taking it seriously, what they're planning to do is uh, hit farmers, dairy and, uh, and, and, and different vegetable farmers. And there's one other category. It's like here's the people, largely, again, middle of the country, that voted for Donald Trump that are going to get destroyed because they're not going to be able to export any of the food that they've been exporting. Remember, mm. it seems like, it feels like we don't export anything anymore. We are the number two exporter in the world. We export and manufacture at the rate of the second highest in the world only to China that has four times the amount of people. It's probably soy or wheat that is going to get nailed. Yeah, it was, the- I know it was dairy. I think it was wheat. I think you're right. Um, may have been soy as well. And there was one other, um, there was one other non-farming one that I can't, I can't quite remember. These things are going to wind up burning these same people who voted this guy <laughs> right. in office. And it's, you know, sucks mm. uh, because, you know, for what? And the other thing too is that we don't even um, uh, we don't even really buy that much steel from China. Like, like it's amazing to read these stories because they're like they want to stop China from flooding the market with cheap steel. Why? <laughs> you wait, they're, wait, they're selling a product we need for less. We want to stop it. If like, it's quality, if steel. it's not quality, then you yeah. don't buy yeah, it. Don't but buy if it, it is quality right. and it's cheaper, buy it. Right. You know the other thing we need to do, and it's definitely time now since we have the largest oil reserve in the world, including Saudi Arabia, we have more than they do. Let's start exporting oil. Why can't we make money from well, that? Well, I think we Why did. Why can't we do that? We just started, technically just started doing it. Because there was that regulation in, in place forever yeah, the, from the 70s. And was, they, yeah. did they, they did eventually they lift did it. They did yeah. lift it yeah, now. they did lift it. Okay, because that needs to happen. Yeah, and it's going to help. It I needs mean, to happen. It's going to help global oil prices oh, big time. Uh, quite a bit. But that's, that's good. That's we should probably be why we're paying less than two bucks a gallon in a lot of places right now. Yeah. All right, more patents too. And, uh, uh, you know, the spoons episode, which I oh. know you love because we do this for you. Oh, gosh. It's coming up. I, I can't wait to help the people again. Oh, man, we give like and we give. That's why I've stuck this all up here. We're just talking about the inconceivable amounts of money in uh, professional sports. Uh, yeah, what was reason. the James Harden contract deal? James Harden uh, just signed a, uh, a deal over four years. So it's not all in the same year oh, will he okay. make this much. It's going to take four years for him to make $228 million. So, I mean, that is, I mean, what, mid I don't 50s? know. They're, they're worried about his family starving to death, and a lot of people are taking up collections for him. Yeah. A oh. GoFundMe page has sprung up. Two hundred and that's more that's, than fifty million a year. Yeah, the new deal is four years for one hundred and eighteen million extension, but the he will now to the end of the contract make two hundred and twenty eight million. Oh, so he's not. I was going to say, oh. I don't think. So the four, the new deal that he just signed okay, is four years, one hundred and eighteen million. Okay, all right, and that's then a to little the different. End of the contract now. Uh, that'll so till the end of the contract, it's two hundred twenty-eight million. Yeah. Because Russell Westbrook, how can, he, how can he even live? Russell Westbrook just signed, and if I remember right, it was five years, two hundred, 
which is still because the NBA still, that's in, forty million a year. I think this is a really right? bad rule, but they have a ma- they yeah. have max wow. contracts, which means your boy LeBron was whining about that. It's too. really it's really a stupid rule. Like I, I really don't like it, it at all. I, I think it would solve a lot of the super team <clears throat> stuff. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, spoons. We have a really the reason why we're talking about sports is because I am not at all excited about today's spoons. Uh, we have uh, three things, uh, um, and because to kind of honor Kim Jong Un. We have three uh, uh, Korean snacks. I assume these probably come from South Korea. <laughs> yeah, so, um, not, not a lot of North Korean exports <laughs> these days. I mean, they um, can't even make the bag no. in North Korea. <laughs> they, don't even, they don't even have that technology. Would you want to hold up your... Because we have right here sweet potato snacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this oh, one you, don't wanna, you won't even touch the bag? No, I just can't hold more than... I, I mean, I don't, okay. yours was over there. It's shrimp chips. Shrimp chips. Uh, that's, so, that's just now. Shrimp chips, banana kick, which I would say is basically Ooh. a banana-flavored uh, cheese doodle almost, yeah, and then sweet potato like. snacks, I guess, something like that. So this let, is weird Let's start it here. does smell shrimpish. Let's start a little here with uh, sweet potato snacks. Okay, All right. right. Sorry about sweet potato. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. I mean, this a slight maybe sweet potato taste. Yeah, it really is a pretty bland overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm not impressed. No, it's. I would say if you've ever had sweet potato chips, um, it's like those a, are good. Like a bad one. Like mm-hmm. it's a, you can tell it's mm-hmm. made out of sweet potatoes, but only very faintly. Very faintly. Um, they need to amp up the sweet potato if they're going to the, call it that. I also say there's a little bit of a. A sweet glaze on the outside, which yeah. I, if they would have stepped that up a decent amount, they look like French fries, but they're not. Um, it's not bad though. It's not terrible. It's not and, terrible. But, I'll give it an eight. Um, yeah, and we scale, got banana kind. Scale of one to eighteen, I'll give it. Uh, I give it a nine. Okay, banana chips. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Banana. Little These are curls. all from South Korea, right? Uh, yeah. Mm. Definite banana flavor. Oh yeah. No, I like these. Mm, pretty good. Banana kick. Now, oh. I, you think, like, because uh, uh, you're thinking uh, cheese duels, you're thinking, like, snack food. Um, so you don't necessarily uh, lean on a banana flavor, but this is mm-hmm. actually not bad. Very good. Mm. I'll give that an 11. Maybe. Better than a sweet potato. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. And more give, pronounced than the sweet potato. Yeah, this one has a stronger flavor. I'm a big fan of um, the banana Laffy Taffy. I love banana Laffy Taffy. Uh, and it, So it's not that strong of flavor, which is a really good banana flavor. But this one, it's pretty good. I, yeah, it's pretty I good. Could, I could go through a bag of these if I need to. Oh, yeah. At the end of it, you get an even uh, kind of a little kick of banana there. Mm. Now this, I'm not looking forward to because no. this smells Aren't you having some of this? Sick. Shrimp There's, isn't no. meat. Shrimp Fish. flavored chips. Why would you do that? I don't know. Why would you do it? Because these are the shrimp that are committing shrimp aside. Okay. That and they is- had to do something with them. Oh, that's... Oh, God, look at that face. That's, not a, that's not a happy face. Mm. Jeffy, though, seems to be into them. I like shrimp. I like shrimp, too, but not in a chip. That's nasty. I mean, would I eat these any other time but here? No. No. I'm going to give that a one. Oh, it was that, it's that bad, huh? Mm-hmm. Jeffy, is, yours, like, is it really bad, or is it just kind of bad? It's just kind of bad. Okay. Because this is what Alex Jones was talking about. Shrimp are walking up to people and being turned into chips. Mm. Uh, it's called shrimpicide, and uh-huh. uh, it's, it's a big problem. They're also um, turning the frogs gay, I think. There's something yeah. like that. Something I, like I mean, that. I apologize to Alex on, uh, on my radio show Saturday because there's a story I'll coming sh- out shut from up. a symposium, a fish symposium, mm-hmm. uh, talking about how the dangers of all the chemicals we're putting in the water that are affecting the fish. Alex was right. That's not at all. No, that's Alex not even is not right. Alex was right. Those not words have never been spoken, nor should they be. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is the thing, though, with the Alex Jones stuff before we take a break. It, it, there's always something, right? It's not like oh. he's like, you know, 
Oh, wait, we're having a reaction, oh, a late reaction. The after, oh, the after of the shrimp aside. That's yeah. what I'm telling not you, man. Good. The only thing I've, I've rated lower than that was that not good. awful. What was it called? It was uh, uh, Marmite. Mike Triped or Marmite. Yeah. Marmite. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Oh, good Just God. quickly on that the That was Alex a zero, Jones. and this was a one. This is a one. So. <laughs> um, and it's a scale of one to 18, so a zero is mm-hmm. really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Alex Jones, there's always something. Like, there's always some story. Some, a lot of times it's a study that, you know, with the, some of the glyphosate stuff he's talking about. I know exactly the studies he's talking about. And they've been completely disproved a thousand times. But you just ignore all of those and say, uh-huh. oh, well, this crazy person who's not even a scientist said it. So, oh, it's just so It's weird because he accepts, he accepts stuff like that all the time. But he'll, he will not accept things with way more evidence. Yes. You know, that's the thing. Yes. Uh, that's what he does. Welcome uh, back. Season finale of Wonderful World with Stu this week. You guys watch it, right? Thank God. Oh, it's finally God. over. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. I laughed. I cried. Oh. It became oh, a yeah, part that, of me. Me, too. It did. It oh, became good. a part of me. Oh, that's good. Now, you right. probably really enjoyed the interview then with Tom Nichols. Oh, uh, oh like you can't believe. Can, I'd like to see it again. Can we? Yeah, sure. May we? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do <laughs> I am what you would call an expert. My expertise? Pizza. Oh, a true Italian would say uh, a pizza pizza. I've eaten a lot of pizza in my lifetime and feel quite established in the pizza world. But now anyone with an Instagram account can claim to be a pizza expert. I don't like it. They're not. And here to explain why real experts like me are a dying breed and why that has consequences far deeper than the Chicago-style pie I just ate is the author of The Death of Expertise, the campaign against established knowledge and why it matters, Tom Nichols. Tom, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. interrupt this program to bring you... Let me uh, bring this into one area where I'm a little conflicted on it, which is sort of the area of public policy. Now, uh, I think many on the left would take your book and say, well, global warming, all the experts say we have to cut CO2 to help the global warming problem. Um, And so what we should do is take what they say and do it. And while I understand that philosophy, and and it applies to a million different areas, not just global warming, there's also another part of that where sometimes experts are a little bit myopic. They're looking at just one specific thing where a politician, uh, an elected representative, might be looking at that and saying, well, how does that affect jobs? How does that affect 25 different things? I need to balance all of those things. Absolutely. Are you arguing, do you think that you have to just implement these things that experts say, or is there, there room there to wiggle? No. And in fact, in the book, I call out experts on this very problem to say, look, being right on the facts does not then mean you are irresistible on the policy. Uh, Mm. And one of the the way I put it about global warming and people asked me when I was writing the book, are you going to talk about global warming? And my answer was no, for the love of God, no. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have this endless argument (laughs) about global warming. I said, look, Uh, it may well be that Boston is going to slide into the harbor in 50 years, and that's not my preferred outcome. And the scientists, the science may be incontrovertible on this, but people have the right to be wrong. If if the choice is we would rather do certain things today and let Boston slide into the harbor 15 years from now, uh, people in a democracy have a right to make that choice. And, And I chide experts and I criticize them for approaching the public Uh, and saying, not only are we right, but therefore all of our policy prescriptions are right too, and Mm. you must adopt them. 
And I think I think that's when experts, I, I, I'll give you an example unrelated to climate change. I've written a lot about nuclear weapons. I have very strong feelings on nuclear weapons. I, I'm against them. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, just to be clear, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I do not love the bomb. On the other hand, you know, I recognize that my being right about some important issues about nuclear weapons, about their effects, about how the Russians may feel about them, about how, the dangers of having them, that does not then mean that the rest of the world, from the president on down, must take my recommendations about nuclear weapons. I still have to make that case. And I think people, I think experts make that mistake. But I, I want to throw one thing back on the public which is that the public has a tendency to believe that policymakers and experts are the same person. And I try to make this very clear in the book that experts can only, if I was an, I was an advisor to a Senator, I gave him a lot of advice. He didn't always take it. Um, experts can only propose, but the public and their elected officials have to dispose. And I, I've been chafing a bit when people say you experts caused this problem or you experts caused that problem. When in fact, those problems tend to be created by people making choices, um, sometimes based on advice from us, sometimes not. Uh, but but we're not always the people that are in charge, nor should we be. Before you go, I want to ask you about something that's fascinating, and we see it everywhere from pop culture to conversations you have in the regular world, which is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, this is an incredible thing, and it, and it doesn't just affect some, you know, uh, moron that you that's never that doesn't know anything about anything. It, it affects really. It's kind of part of the human condition. Can you explain it? Yeah, and it is part of the human condition. The Dunning-Kruger effect, named ironically enough after two guys named Dunning and Kruger who discovered it. <laughs> you are an expert. <laughs> <laughs> we are experts. The Dunning-Kruger effect, to put it in its bluntest and most unpleasant terms, basically says that the dumber you are, the less likely you are to know that you're dumb. Mm. The worse you are at something, the less likely you, you are to know that you're bad at it. And this is because people who are bad at things lack what these guys call metacognition, the ability to step back from what you're doing and to see that what you're doing is bad. For example, um, uh, someone who's just a bad writer, but who they're, they'll think they're great at it because they just can't spot a poorly constructed paragraph. Um, or somebody who's tone deaf, it's like being tone deaf, like they can't hear the bad notes. And they say, wow, I'm an awesome singer, while everybody else in the room is kind of covering their ears and saying, my God, you're awful. Um, and we all have a tendency to do this, but I, I think in the modern era, in the time we're living through now, this thing has become rampant where people are not only bad at stuff, but think they're awesome at it, which makes them doubly, which makes them doubly difficult to argue with. Because, you know, I call it the Fredo effect from The Godfather. You know, I'm smart. I can do things. I'm I'm capable. When in fact, you may not be that smart. You may not be that capable. Hmm. You're certainly not at everything because nobody is. Right. Yeah. Is, is the opposite also true? I've noticed. We we talked to someone, um, uh, Megan Phelps Roper, who was who was a daughter of the of the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. She grew up in the Westboro Baptist Church, carried the signs around and everything. And we brought her on because she was talking about, you know, she's left the church now and she's, you know, she, she's a sensible human being at this point. Um, and I kind of expected her to just be, I, I mean, this is sad, I said it to her, <laughs> I, I kind of expected her to be stupid. I mean, how do you grow up in that world? And, but she's so well-spoken so, and so focused. and. Part of what she said kind of to explain that was actually the whole family is highly educated. They actually take education really important. They, they actually wind up being smart enough to convince themselves of their worldview. 
And it's kind of like, uh, I see that a lot on the internet. You, you read these stories and they seem like they're well-reasoned and really well thought out. And they're advocating these bizarre positions. Well, first of all, being smart doesn't mean you're not un- irrational or, or unbalanced in some way. But there is a, there is a, uh, an important aspect of the thing you're talking about here, which is that for people who have very complicated, if somewhat nutty worldviews, you actually have to be reasonably intelligent to construct something that crazy. Mm. And in the book, I talk about conspiracy theories. People that are addicted to conspiracy theories, aren't they're not stupid. They're actually pretty well-read, but they're just smart enough to be dangerous to themselves, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That um, rather than saying, you know, um, I think the world is flat, which is a controversy I never thought we'd have again, but has popped up recently. Um, they say, no, the world isn't flat, but I- I've been told by special sources. The other reason that that happens is, it's again, it goes back to empowerment. People who are moderately intelligent, but who f- feel they lack control, construct these very strange worldviews because it makes them feel like they have secret knowledge and that they're empowering themselves by knowing it, and that they're actually helping you in some way by telling you these things. And and I've seen it many times, um, and, I, and I think it's a great point. People who are resistant to learning and resistant to facts are not just, they're not inherently stupid. Uh, I wouldn't have written the book if I thought most people in the world were, were not educable, or mm-hmm. if that this was just a matter of kind of low wattage brain power. It's a confirmation, a confirmation bias problem. It's stories we tell ourselves. It's our egos. It's a combination of things. It's not all about intelligence. Mm, it's a fascinating topic. Uh, Tom Nichols, the book is The Death of Expertise, The Campaign Against Established Knowledge and Why It Matters. Tom, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me.